Hello everyone, welcome to episode 70 of the Generic Gaming Podcast.mp3, the podcast where we talk about a new video game every single week. My name is Logan Myrie, and as always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host and sound engineer, Eric Krause. Top of the afternoon to ya. You didn't really hit the Irish accent that hard when you... Uh, I wasn't trying to do an Irish that is kind accent. Of a, that's kind of the, the stereotype, though, that you you know, you know would say that I'm with. trying to break stereotypes, Logan. I'm all right, woke. All right, Eric. <laughs> that's exactly what woke people say, right? They say they're woke. Eric, I don't, you just made me cringe so hard that you said <laughs> yeah. that. I didn't Good. like that at all. Mission accomplished. Then. You killed yeah. all energy that I was bringing to the show. <laughs> oh, you, de- you deflated me. Good. Just Sweet. right now. Let's just get to the point. Yeah, you, you want to get over it? I feel like you're like you're bringing the energy down now. <laughs> it's all your fault, Eric. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just maybe you need to be woke, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what have you been playing? Um, I'm trying to think. I did play something the other day. Oh, I've been playing Slay the Spire. Yeah? I've played a lot of that. How I mean, are you enjoying it? It's pretty good. I haven't beaten the full run yet. I guess I haven't played since the last time we played together. Uh, but uh, it's really fun. The problem with the roguelikes is it's like, do you want to just jump? Cause you know, you're going to be in it for like the hour, right? Yeah. And so it's like, do I want to just, do I have an hour to just do this thing right yep. now? And it's like, uh, then you have to get the motivation to do it. So I was riding the high when we first started playing for a while. I was playing a lot. Yeah. But now I'm just like, now it seems like a chore. <laughs> really? Yeah. I always liked playing Slay the Spire because it felt like one of those things that I could just put on and mm-hmm. like chill you know what i mean like i i yeah. like i always like to like listen to a podcast while i'm playing or something like that and it's just like a, a, a nice chill experience it doesn't really feel like a chore to me mm. and i i'm you know i've been playing for like 30 hours at this point and i'm yeah. still still invested i just my only we already did a slay the spire podcast but only you had played it at that point my biggest i don't know it's not really a problem but i just wish i could build my own deck you know and mm-hmm. then see how far that deck could go and because i just don't like like, the beginning of the game with, like, most roguelikes is always just so slow. And you're mm-hmm. like, I just want to get through this as fast as possible to the point where I have a really good deck and I could just, like, destroy stuff real quick. Oh, okay. Because, like, that's my same problem with Risk of Rain, which is also a roguelike, is, like, the beginning, the first levels is just, like, I'm just trying to get stuff so I can just get through things faster. Mm. I uh I sort of enjoy the element that it it's kind of like I think what makes Slay the Spire fun is that you kind of have to take take it as it goes. You know what I mean? Like you you might want go into uh, a game playing the silent trying to build a poison deck, but you end up getting a lot of um shiv cards. And mm-hmm. so then it's like, well now I kind of need to take this route, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the game kind of functions at its best, I think, when you're you are kind of playing it uh loose and fast and, and building a strategy on the fly right like that's mm. kind of the whole point yeah true but i don't know sometimes i mean not to say like right. oh that's the point you know you can't that would ruin the game right that's not what i'm saying right yeah. i just feel like that is kind of, for me that's kind of where the joy comes from mm-hmm. is that is that kind of unknown factor uh yeah but other than slay the spire we've been uh playing bloodboard game of the show we're talking about bloodborne eric and this is an interesting one because normally each of us say, all right, we're going to talk about, you know, coffee talk next week. Let's both play coffee talk. Mm-hmm. We can come back together and, and talk about it. And yes. co- you know, collectively, how did how did each of us experience the game on our own? Yes. This game, much different. We've been playing this game together cooperatively. The, the best way to play a Souls game, as y- we've discovered. Yeah. I, and I want to <laughs> say, I, I feel like I'm Einstein 
Like not Einstein. I, I, the the Einstein, electricity guy. The electricity <laughs> guy. Einstein. Yep, the electricity. Totally. Einstein. I feel like I'm. Uh. Uh. uh the God. What I'm was it? Gonna, I'm gonna leave you to die Eric, here. Eric, who I was want it? You to figure it out. The kite. Whatever. Mr. The kite, kite guy. guy. The kite guy. That's where you're gonna go. Yeah, with. Mr. Kite guy. Uh, and I. I've discovered B. electricity. It starts with a B. A B. Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. There you go. Really. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I'm out there with the kite in the sky. And I get struck by lightning, and I, I say, "Oh, it's electricity." <laughs> yep, that's how he discovered it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and but I but I feel like that's us with a, a Soulsborne game because we each separately have tried to play Bloodborne. Yes, Ma- I, I've tried like twice. I feel like I tried. I probably tried twice. Yeah, I did try twice because I tried once by myself, and then um, I tried getting my friend Jake into it, but the multiplayer was just always too hard to figure out, so we never like did it. Yeah, and so each time I played, I think I got through, I got to like Old Yarnum, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 then I was like, I don't know, man, I, I don't know if I'm really into this. Uh, but we decided to play together, and every time we die, which is pretty often, we would switch off. So sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, that means each one of us plays for 20 minutes, or and sometimes that means, you know, we each play for like five minutes apiece because yeah. we're running up against a problem. And and we finally beat the game after over a month. Yeah, I'd say it was this- about a month and a half that we spent playing. And not like we were playing every day, but like we'd play like occasionally on the weekends. I think that we only ever the longest we played was like four hours, like at a time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we got pretty into it. I'd say like like mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes that would be consecutively. I'd say overall we probably put like a solid 40, 50 hours in this game. Yeah, I'd say I'd probably say closer to forty. It definitely doesn't feel like we spent fifty hours. Yeah, it. maybe I'm maybe I'm overestimating. Yeah. God, I wish PlayStation would, you know, yeah, keep track just, of that. Yeah, well it does. It would just let us see it. Yeah, just yeah. let us see it. That'd be uh nice. anyway, so yeah, so we did that, you know, for over a month and just uh this week on Sunday, we beat it. Mm-hmm. We finally. finally beat it. And it feels so satisfying. It does. I was trying to think. Do you remember the reason why we started playing Bloodborne? We were gonna play Sekiro. Oh, that's right. And then and it then, didn't work. And it didn't work. And because because your your PC is garbage. And you. Oh uh, well, play. it was just doing a lot. To, uh, you know, stream everything and. Yeah, and so we decided career. to play Bloodborne instead. Yeah. Uh, and and we just we went through it. You you it was kind of nice because you kind of had the first third of the game i'd say like pretty down packed you'd spend a lot of yeah. time playing that part mm-hmm. uh and you know you ended up kind of getting hit or hitting a roadblock and stopping so when we replayed it you it was nice to ease into it you kind of knew what yeah. was going on for quite a while uh and i just felt like we found this awesome rhythm of like we would uh, get to a new area and we would kind of explore that area and that was a part that you like doing a lot I, mm-hmm. I i don't know why that's the thing that kind of stresses me out the most about these games yeah. is that you run into a new area and it feels like danger is just around every corner mm-hmm. and it's sort of like i don't that that sort of feels like the biggest roadblock to me like oh my god dude i'm just running my head against the wall like i don't even know where i'm trying to go right now yeah. uh but i like getting to the boss parts because it's always like this is the challenge right like the, you know you have to figure out how do I get through this boss's challenges, right? You know, they, they, they do a spinning attack that always kills me. Well, how do I dodge that or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that was the part that I kind of ended up enjoying more and seemed like you like the exploration part. Yeah, I'm much more, I mean, uh, if you've listened to any of our shows, you know I like Metroidvanias. Yes. And so, like, that aspect of a Soulsborne game is my favorite part. Getting to just explore the world and 
uh like all the enemies once you i mean you get to a certain point where you know the uh the world and the enemies you're gonna face and they always have the same animation so you can easily get through them like after you do it the first time but like that first time is always just so fun to me the sense of exploring and like i just don't know what's gonna happen and like you kind of figure things out and yeah. like oh shit this enemy's really cool and then all of a sudden you just get one shot because you turned a corner and then an enemy pops out yeah and then whereas like the boss fights i do enjoy the boss fights but it just gets so exhausting to beat your head against the wall the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, it's funny because I feel like if you would have asked me in November if I would have said, like, I like boss fights, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I would have said, no, I you know I generally don't find that to be the fun. But but I realized I think it actually is. When I played Sekiro, that was my favorite part. I liked I liked figuring out how to beat the bosses and getting, like, good at that part, right? Yeah. And I didn't really love the other parts, which was, like, getting to the boss and, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Kind of perfecting, like, routes and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I didn't find that part as fun, which is interesting. I feel like this is sort of this, like, uh, not like an epiphany, right? But it's yeah. sort of this discovery that I've made about myself that, that I like that sort of challenge that's, like, immediate, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I just want to fight this boss as many times as i can until i finally beat it right and and less of the like uh i want to get through this area you know most efficiently or without dying or or any of that kind of stuff you know what i mean Mm -hmm. well that's the reason i stopped playing sekiro too is because the exploring that world's so fun because the mobility's so good in sekiro but like there were the point i stopped at was it's the first boss and it took me like forever to beat him and like i was like yes i finally beat him and then you take oh, like the big four more guy. steps and there's immediately yeah, another and boss. Immediate, it's like a boss rush which i kind of love and i was like are you kidding me because i was just so done like it took me so long to fight the boss and it, like i would have been i think i would have kept or doing more of that game if i would have fought that first boss and i was like okay i have a long amount of time until the next boss and then immediately after that one boss is like the pig boss yeah there's immediately another boss and so i was like i'm just done i I don't want to keep just boss 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 because it just like you hit a brick wall and you can only run into a brick wall so many times it's like okay i'm just gonna put go away find a different route and not go against this brick wall that breaks and bloodborne i actually was i was surprised how much of it it felt like we did kind of go through large swaths where uh, we didn't have to fight a boss, right? It was more about, like, the areas, yeah. which was interesting because I, I just feel like I think about those games as, like, boss rushes of extremely hard bosses, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, Actually, the I felt like the boss caliber, especially once we finished Bloodborne, like, the bosses were... I, I can only think of, like, two bosses that I thought were hard. Like yeah. really, that which we ones did you think on. were hard? The shadows of Yarnum, I thought were hard because that one we had to like we just went up against a lot until we just decided to use the extra hunter, which made it super easy. Um, and then what was the other one? Uh, I would say I wrote down um the three hunters, which are not really bosses, but they're yeah. like it's because once you kill them, they're well, I guess that's the once you kill bosses too. I'd say they're bosses. The, yeah. the three hunters in Yargul. Mm-hmm. uh we we really i feel like that was honestly one of the things we got stuck on for so long yeah that one we got just that area was just annoying because like the enemies respawn and shit and so like just having to go through and you had to kill so many people before you even fought those people yeah and then we were also just short on blood vials the, that entire time which was super annoying i felt like that was one of the points that we almost were like i don't know if we want to keep playing this yeah game. that was a, yeah i'd say typically i feel like that was one of the points where we kind of we were like okay we'll we'll be done and then we didn't pick it up for a while yeah that's true um yeah and i actually was surprised too because those initial areas are really daunting right you're figuring out the game you it is pretty hard at that point right like Mm -hmm. uh you're learning you know kind of just how the game works right 
And uh, and and I'd say like you know that first boss, the um, the big beast werewolf guy. Don't totally remember his name. Oh, Father Gaston. No, no, no. The the big cleric beast. The cleric beast. The cleric beast. Uh, is kind of very daunting at first, right? Like he's super. He'll kill you instantly mm-hmm. if you yeah. you know if you don't uh be careful. And I, and I, we didn't have too much trouble because I I had already. I actually think I beat him first. Yeah, try. you did beat him first try. Which I'd say was a theme throughout mm-hmm. this game that I would beat the bosses first try. Because uh, you get all the literal easiest bosses ever that are just big and you just stand next to them and they can't hit you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so, and so Cleric Beast, and then we kind of got really stuck on, on Father Gascon, I'd say, because mm. I feel like it's such a long road to fight him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And there is kind of like a definitely like a straight route you can go that's like easier, but it, it is sort of... It, it's like kind of how I felt in the, the woods area. The Forbidden Woods or whatever, where I'm like, oh my god, we just have to run so far to get to this boss. Yeah, that was yeah for that leading up to the Shadows of Yarnum, which was one of the I feel I think that was our like actual first roadblock was them is because the the route to them was so it's so long to just get to them, and then uh, their actual fight is like just kind of hard because there's three people you have to fight like, and you have to manage person throwing projectiles at you a person running at you and hitting you really quick and then there's three phases where they just get stronger yeah it's uh it's definitely upsetting and i feel mm-hmm. like that was one of the ones that we just kept beating our head against the wall and then finally we did kind of cave and say all right we're gonna use this this hunter that yeah they and then it helps a ton yeah like, because he, he just he, distracts them he just distracts them and then you're you're good to go yeah um but yeah, and I, after that, I actually think after that is really when I started to enjoy the game a lot more mm-hmm. like we we got we kind of had this nice uh rhythm going with with you know the first part of the game and, and we were kind of you know figuring out what weapon we wanted to use and we didn't totally love the um what is that weapon called we were using the saw blade yeah the saw blade and it was good right and it, and mm-hmm. it does a fair amount of damage and, and you can use it for quite a while but at some point it just feels like it's not doing enough you know what yeah I mean? it kind of caps out and the damage and you have to you then rely on speed and less damage and i and i think that it's like extended form is extremely hard to use yeah uh, and so I remember pushing to say we, we had gotten this special emblem or whatever to go get Ludwig's Holy Blade. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't know, man, it's like a lot of souls. And like, this is a pretty good weapon. I say we just go yeah. with this. Right. And I was like, I think the the weapons are some of the coolest parts of Bloodborne. Like this, the the idea that that you have these weapons with like two forms that are both very like versatile and have different uses is so dope to me. Like, it's yeah. so cool. Uh, and so I was really pushing because it looked cool. I was like, oh, dude, I want to try that out so bad. Mm-hmm. And we bought it. And you're like, oh, this is... And then we found that it was very powerful. And, like, yeah. the 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 big version or whatever you want to call, like, the entire blade, you know, with, like, the big... Uh, you know, he puts the small blade in there and pulls out the giant one, was actually, like, the best one to use, really, because it, it was pretty quick. And it had this, you know, these great thrust moves and stuff. And, and it was... That was pretty much how we played the entire game was with with the entire blade. Yeah, really the secondary form is what we made the primary form. We only ever use the uh like the small sword just to like fight quick enemies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to fight like hunters and stuff yeah. because they're just so hard to hit with the yeah. big one. Which was great. I mean, I'm really glad we did make the switch. I don't really know why I was object to it at first. I think just because in my first playthrough, I used the saw blade exclusively. Yeah, and, so and like, you can cut like it is. It. It's hard, right, to learn it because yeah. there's entire different timings and, and frames and all that kind of stuff that you have yeah. to get used to. Yeah, and so like I was, I think I was just kind of didn't want to like go through and learn a new weapon because like when you we first switched to it, it was like we were missing tons of stuff and yeah. I feel like dying just because like our timings weren't perfect but by the end of the game we were so fucking good with the the uh fucking lubux holy blade like it was yeah and we upgraded it like dummy and oh, we had yeah. the the blood gem fortifications that like just made it so powerful dude mm. it was like one-shotting stuff that was like insanely hard to fight in the yeah. beginning 
which was so nice just to have like a powerful weapon actually feel powerful in bloodborne <laughs> yeah right like that's super that's like totally not what the game is right like it's mm-hmm. not like this power trip right it's this it's this grind it's kind of like you know overcoming it's a challenge or whatever mm-hmm. uh and and i feel like at certain points in the game like that it that the weapon made it feel like like we were gods in this world yeah which was super nice because especially when it the, the bloodborne does a really good job i think uh when we were playing is like like okay this is really hard and then we get to a point where like okay we're awesome we're, we can kill anything and then we're in the next area we're like oh yep we're back in bloodborne again yeah i remember one of the later areas uh there's the nightmare frontier which we didn't realize until the very end was like an optional area yeah um and we were there and we're like, oh my God, dude, we're like literally one shotting everything. Like, this is insane. There's no way this is like mm-hmm. the part of the game that we need to be in, right? Yeah. And and so it was totally trippy the whole time because we're like, this isn't Bloodborne, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh and, and so we beat everything super like easily and we got through that entire area like pretty quickly, I'd say. And then we left and we went to the actual next area we were supposed to be in and everything was so hard there. Mm. Like we we had to like really work for it and we're like, oh yeah, this is Bloodborne. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> this is what it was like. Especially because we spent so much time in the Nightmare Frontier and so it was like oh shit it was like uh, uh just so jarring to uh just be back in a hard yeah area again and have to actually be trying i wanted to say one of my least favorite enemies in the entire game is in the in the the next area the night the mantis's nightmare or whatever yeah. it's called uh is those they're like upright werewolf guys and then they have like three they like you kill them and they get to half health and then they go down to like four legs yeah and that none of that's super bad but when they die they like shoot out these two snakes mm-hmm. that are so fast and hit so hard they're just annoying yeah like we died multiple times from these little idiots that mm-hmm. at some point we were like oh we can just run past them it doesn't matter yeah uh which yeah this i'd say those are probably i i guess they're the first enemy that comes to mind that's super annoying just because they were the last thing that we dealt with but I feel like there was another enemy that I just anytime we came up against it was just super annoying. But I can't think of any. Um, the big snakes, the big piles of snakes. Oh, the big piles of snakes were annoying. But again, that was because it was just the long lead up to the shadows. Yeah, you had of to Yardum. fight like three of them if mm-hmm. you wanted to get up to the shadows of the Yard. Well, at some point, we found like a pretty quick way to yeah. do it. But anytime we came across hunters, I was like, ugh. Because the hunters were always so annoying. Yeah, and except, especially with the weapon we were using, it's yeah. not quick at all that you're like, oh my god, dude. Except, uh, except for the the random hunter that's in the Nightmare of Memphis, that it was just super easy for yeah. me to kill. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? It kind of felt like a weird thing that they threw in there that was like, oh, this guy's not really that difficult. And it's only yeah. one of them, which at that point's like fine. Yeah, it was super easy to deal with him. Oh, those random the enemies that are in the late game that give uh they give you frenzy when they see you oh yeah and you have to run up and like basically kill them as quickly as possible yeah or like yeah run up behind them so they don't turn and look at you um i do want to talk about a particularly annoying boss and not even for the difficulty this was actually one of the this most is my least favorite boss yeah game. i think the the worst part of this game like, yeah in in my humble opinion is in the nightmare of mantis or whatever it's memphis. called memphis in the night terror of memphis uh there's that first boss that you face that's this uh hunter guy or whatever i don't know what his deal is he has a big cage on his head yeah (laughs) and uh he's in this foggy area and he's got all these ads that are like these skeleton guys right and all that you have to do is chase him around yeah and you just and then he'll go into a room and you quickly get him down to half health and then he goes i'm i'm you know i'm gonna dip out of here and he teleports or whatever and then you have to chase him again for even longer yeah it's like a 30 minute boss fight yeah and not even because like it's hard he's just running from you the whole time yeah and i died the first time because when i got to that second area uh he kind of pulls out this like second attack that i didn't really see coming that will kill you pretty pretty quickly and so then we had to do it all over again yeah i think (laughs) so we did total i think we did the we tried 
tried the fight three times. I did it the first time and then just died because we didn't know the fight yet. And then uh, you did it, got to that part, and his magic thing just basically kills you if you don't deal with it quick enough. And then the third time I did it, and we looked it up because I was just chasing him for what felt like an hour. And we So we looked it up, you're like, oh, it just might be glitched. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep chasing him. And then eventually he went to the room he needed to go yeah. to. And then, yeah, and then I just, I just killed him right away because I just unrelentingly hit him. So he never had any time to do anything. And it was just like, it was so annoying because like, I went through almost all my blood vials just because of the stupid skeletons would hit me around a corner when I was turning or something, or I'd run out of stamina. And it was just the most exhausting boss fight. For like, It wasn't even like a fun exhausting. It was just like, I'm just sprinting doing nothing until yeah. this guy just decides to fucking stop, which it was, was the worst. The worst. It was the worst. Uh, I do want to talk about, because one of the like hot button issues in, in these games is that they are uh, sort of inaccessible in the sense that they are... And, I, and both in the sense of, like, accessibility for people with disabilities, right? But also inaccessible in the sense that they, there's this really high learning curve. Mm -hmm. And also the games are, like, like clearly very tough. Yeah. Right? And so, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about how you feel about that. One, I would say that I, I think that the whole argument about from software games, you know, they should be more accessible. I agree. I don't think it takes anything. You know, we've talked about it before on this podcast. It does not take anything away from the base game if they mm -hmm. make these games more accessible to people who can play them. Uh, and I, I think that's not a bad thing. That doesn't, I don't think that compromises anything. Just wanted to put that out there. But yeah. what do you, what did you think about just the, the, the genre from software, which is like, they're super hard. They, uh, you know, there, there's kind of this high learning curve and, and, but they also do have this like amazing level design, right? Like everything loops in on each other. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the best part. I feel like yeah. it's like, you're going through this map and it is like a Metroidvania because like, Oh my God, it connects to this other part. Now I have this like shortcut. This is amazing. I think we kind of talked about this when we did our Sekiro podcast. So I'll just kind of reiterate what I said. It, yeah, I would be so happy if these games just had an easy mode. The fact of the matter is, I do love playing these games. I just hate beating my head against the brick wall to get through them. Yeah. Because, like, I love the lore of the game. Bloodborne's what, lore is super interesting. Yeah, and, like, like, weird. Just something with a baby. Who knows, Yeah, <laughs> I don't fucking know what happened in the game, but it was super interesting, and I'm glad we finally got to the end. The fact of the matter is, uh, it shouldn't take us having to play together and switching off deaths to get through the game you know yeah and i understand that is sort of i understand the apprehension that people have mm -hmm. because that's what they love about the game right and and i and i feel like they're like oh you know if if, if they change it at all it's going to compromise on the thing that i get enjoyment out of but it won't just play it on the uh, they'll have the normal difficulty that was for everyone who likes just pain i guess <laughs> yeah, the, the pain part. and then they just have an easier mode for big babies i like actually us. feel like people people said that star wars did it pretty well uh obviously that i mean it's different right like yeah. star wars clearly does take uh some inspiration from these Soulsborne games it's it is kind of a Soulsborne game in itself mm -hmm. right like the, the you know you go through and you, you what you know what i mean yeah. it, it takes those genre conventions but but it does have those different modes, right? And yeah. and people say that playing on like the super hard mode is really good, and and like it, it forces you to do the thing that people like to do in Bloodborne. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it seems like it worked yeah. out. Yeah, and I and that <laughs> is, I just do feel like uh you know one of my favorite podcasts, Kotaku Split Screen, Kirk Hamilton loves Bloodborne, and he does often talk about how like the difficulty or whatever is is not the only selling point right like yeah. these games have these amazing level design and like every like amazing lore everything that they put in the game kind of has this purpose right that mm. you're like oh i you know this is like a little armory thing and it's not just a room or whatever you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and so it, i don't know i just wanted to point that out like i feel 
like these games are are such well designed games, well crafted games that it's not it's not just about the difficulty, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eric, what else do you have to say about Bloodborne? Um, uh, who were your ba- favorite bosses? My favorite bosses. Yes. Um, I did. I tended to like the the ones with the most like spectacle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, uh, I thought the one reborn was super cool. He's like this giant skeleton dude, and he's got like two heads or whatever. And yeah. There's all, and it's it's kind of like you're in this big courtyard, and there's all these dudes throwing fireballs down at you. And I killed him with you know relative ease, which is maybe one of the reasons I did like him yeah. a lot. <laughs> uh, but but I I just liked that part a lot. I thought he was like really cool and daunting. Yeah. I really liked uh, Murgo's wet nurse. Yeah, I yeah, the last boss. That a we really fought. cool design boss. It's just this giant cloak with a bunch of hands and knives at the end. Yeah, uh, and it was kind of difficult, but I mean, we beat it pretty. Yeah, quickly. I think it only took us like what four or five tries, probably. Yeah, because she, she only really had two mechanics, and once we figured out, you literally just have to run until one of them's done. Like it was pretty easy. Plus, on the the fight where I beat him, didn't he? She never even. Yeah, did that the, is kind of the nice thing. thing. Sometimes the the bosses have these kind of like. I would call them win conditions, which yeah. is like once they do this thing, like you're kind of fucked. Yeah. But but if you do if you utilize certain tactics against them, they just won't do that thing. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you get lucky and they just won't do that thing. So that was kind of nice. With the final boss, we kind of just didn't in the run that we won, we kind of just didn't run into the super hard like win condition. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of the other ones that we fought. I really I looking back on it, I really like the um there's like the witch and it's it's her and she uh, she's really not hard to fight, but she she spawns all these ads that mm. like come after you, right? And and then she she turns into two witches, and she's like the you know what I'm talking about the little tiny like she crawls on the ground and she's in the uh uh you know you remember what I'm talking no, about? Eric? I don't remember which one you're talking she, about. It's <laughs> this is one of the ones that I I ended up beating I think, uh, and it was so frustrating because she's in that room with like the two staircases and she's spawning all of these these dudes that are kind of really annoying to fight. And she'll randomly spawn around the room, and you have to go up and hit her a few times, and then she'll, you know, fade away, and then you have to like kind of fight the ads. And... I, for some reason, I just can't think for of this real? boss. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, it's it's in. I don't know what how else to explain it to you, dude. Anyways, I really like that part. Uh, I just have to look it up because it was right. super tense, and and uh, the fact that you can only do damage to her at certain points is kind of like yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really li- I didn't really like the fight, but I liked the spectacle leading up to the fight uh, for Rom. Uh, just when you go you go through that whole library and then you see the one dude that's important to Laura. I forgot his name. Uh, and then you just have to jump down into the lake. Oh, and, like, yeah. There's the huge ass moon right there. And then you kind of just go through the lake into this weird spectral zone. I just really like that. The fight was whatever because it just you kill all the little spider things and then hit him a bunch. Uh, but I just like the spectacle of that fight because like Bloodborne's world is so cool. I, I also like just like the mini, the the just big enemy outside of that library, the giant centipede thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And we were like, oh my god, crazy. it's a boss. I I feel like that game does that a lot, where it's like this is a boss. Like you go in and you're like, oh no, that thing is terrifying, and it's just it just is like a regular enemy. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, I thought that was gonna be a boss. I think the cleric beast is always just a cool fight because that's like. I feel like that's peak Bloodborne, like right, and they throw it at you right at the beginning. Is yeah, the cleric beast because he's just such a cool looking uh, enemy too. Yeah, one giant tangled arm. Yeah, which he just looks sweet. Um, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying. To, I'm having trouble remembering, dude. We played this game for so long. That yeah, I'm like, yeah. Who did over, we even fight? over such a long period of time too. So like the fact that these witch people are just slipping my mind. Did you have a favorite area of the game? Um. I, I don't know. I really liked the area leading up to the library. I thought that was cool. 
I kind of hate the forest with all the snakes just because we were in that for so long. Yeah, and it is sort of confusing, right? Like, in in the rest of the game leading up to that, it's a lot of, like, streets and courtyards and alleys and Mm -hmm. stuff. And there is kind of, like, a path that sort of makes sense. Yeah. But in the forest, it really is just, like, trees and shit. And you're like, I guess I'm going this way. I'm kind of biased to liking old old Yarnum because I just, like, the first time I played through that game, I spent, like, probably 15 hours in that area. Yeah. And so, like, I know that area with, like, with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, I'm kind of biased to really liking that area. Plus, I just like how it's designed. Uh, I guess we we never even killed that mini boss that sits on the tower. He just kind of fell off. We just made him fall off again. Oh, which, yeah. I feel like that's the only way I've ever killed him is just by making him fall off. Yeah, he's one of the hunter guys. Yeah, which I feel like is the easiest way to just deal with him, you know? Yeah, we didn't do some of the mini, uh, the, the extra bosses either. Yeah. Like, I know that there's one on top of that kind of tower in Old Yarnum, yeah. and we just never did that one. Um, and we thought, we thought that the... Uh, the the big electric guy was a an optional boss but i don't think he was no he was an optional boss. oh he was well we beat him I because he just cool. connects to the door to old yarn oh so you can yeah just yeah go through that way uh um, yeah i don't know man i thought the big electric boss was cool again we it didn't take that much to beat him or anything but he just it looks dope yeah what was that poison dog that's in old yarnum or like at the bottom of old yarnum oh, that was our, like uh, our first the, yeah, that was I, I totally forgot. That was like one of the huge pain points for us. Like we really needed to figure out how to beat that boss. Yeah, and we got really good at doing the. Um, oh yeah, the the, the counter thing, the hit yeah. stun thing. Uh, it's 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 called like the blood starved beast. Oh yep, that is what. It's yeah, called. and it just poison and oh my god, that boss is so cool mm-hmm. and hard. He yeah, he looks sick, and he just spews all the poison. That is kind of. I'd say that was the first time we got really good at the hit stun, and then the last time because we switched to the Ludwig's uh, Holy Blade, and it just never had a gut out again after that. Yeah, right. And that, <laughs> and I feel like that was such a big part of the game up until then. Like you really need to get good at it, right? Mm-hmm. Like for especially for the Bloodstar Beast, I feel like that was the reason we won is because we got really good at, at yeah. uh, doing the hit stun. And then after that, you know, we just started using the Ludwig's Blade, and it was not. We about never that at u- all. really used the gut. Like we switched to the pistol too because uh, our friend Adam said it's like better because it's way faster to shoot to get the hit stun off but it's like eh, we, don't, we don't need yeah it. we never we'll just do it. big damage instead yeah. <laughs> uh i am curious eric since we have discovered we've made the important discovery uh that playing with friends is the best way to play these games Would yeah. you, are you interested in going to play sekiro together yes i'm i you have been saying you want to do hollow knight first but i think i'd rather do sekiro first. i'm down for it here's my issue i don't want to play it on your pc that much <laughs> why i don't last time it was very hard to get it to go and do. Oh, well, that was just because we were streaming and doing it. This also, one. all the button prompts are for Xbox, which is throwing me off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, you have it on PlayStation, right? No, I got rid of it because oh. I thought you had it on PlayStation. Oh, well, <laughs> it sounds like we have to play on PC. Ugh, whatever. It'll be better, too, because it'll be running at 60 frames. You know how good at parrying you'll be? Yeah, maybe. It won't be running at 30 frames a second. Uh, yeah, we, we had thought about playing Hollow Knight after this because we felt like maybe that would be a fun game to go through together. And that game's not really that tough right like it just it is like yeah the, th- the thing i see about hollow knight doing the the death switch method is uh hollow knight has it's you sure you die a lot at boss fights but you die more in the world yeah and so it's like i feel like it'll be a lot of just switching back and forth real quickly because you just like stupid things will kill you in yeah falling into the yeah water or, whatever. or just like doing a weird a hard platforming yeah. section or something i like would that. be interested to play sekiro and it and we're not, i'm not that far removed from it either so mm. i feel like it won't be that that crazy and i don't know it'll be interesting because you said when you played like star wars you just didn't parry like that yeah the whole game basically yeah and sekiro is All entirely about parrying yeah. i was hoping that star wars because i had to get good at pairing at the end of star wars to beat that final boss i'm hoping that will 
transfer over into Sekiro. It was funny when we we switched because we had just played Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order to playing Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much I missed the parry. Yeah. Because I was like, I just kept trying to do it in the beginning of the game. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's not really how this game works. Right. And so mm-hmm. I kind of had to switch like the way my brain was thinking about combat. Yeah. And, uh, and now I feel like going back to Sekiro, it'll be different again because I'm just going to want to be sort of passive and, and dodgy and stuff when you really need to get up in there and, and yeah, parry, and, parry and hit. You gotta keep your brain sharp keep you thinking yeah for sure uh anyways eric i just want to say you know maybe the bloodborne uh were the friends we made along the way i think that's really the takeaway from this wait what maybe, maybe the bloodborne was the friends we made we made along the way so like bloodborne as like at a proper dad like people <laughs> anyways i don't I, I don't know where you're i was just alluding one. to the fact that we played it uh, yeah and, okay. and we had you know we had this great bond that we formed by I mean, playing Bloodborne. we were already friends before we started were we playing. oh i thought we were <laughs> well now we are for sure <laughs> uh anyways eric i have a hot topic and it's that i saw uh one hot, hot sonic the hedgehog yeah how was it uh it was good it was very good mm-hmm. I, well i don't know if i want to say very good it was good though it was, it was much better i thought it was gonna one go- best it should win yeah. best picture next year uh I went into Sonic thinking that it was going to be something to make fun of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, it just had this huge debacle with like just the horrifying looking Sonic, and it seemed sort of generic and like Alvin and the Chipmunksy, and like he was just there to be an annoying character, right? You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and the police guy was going to kind of be the real protagonist, right? Like, is that's he kind- a police officer? Yeah, he's a police oh, okay. officer. Uh, anyways, it kind of had that, that, that vibe to it, right? That it was going to be just this like awful, awful movie like that. I, and, and I thought, I'm like, really, I, I went into it thinking like, it's probably going to be bad. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we got closer and closer and, and people on Twitter were like, honestly, it's, it's fine. Like, it's pretty honestly, good. Honestly, not even that bad. Uh, and <laughs> I was planning on seeing it anyways. Um, and you know, they did that whole redesign. I'm like, oh, it looks pretty good now. Um, and I went in and saw it and it totally blew me away in the sense that like, I, th- it, it 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 jumped the bar which was so low but but it jumped it like well like i feel like it hit like good like mm-hmm. you know i mean i'm not like oh this movie was fantastic like i'm gonna go see it four times or anything but i it's just like a super solid kids movie and and it had a story that i felt was like oh, I'm, I'm totally in for this yeah sure like this is heartwarming this doesn't feel stupid or nonsensical mm-hmm. uh and and so yeah i guess i just i just wanted to say i i thought it was interesting that it turned out so well. And I think, I think it's an interesting idea for video game movies going forward because we've seen detective Pikachu. And I said that that was definitively the best video game movie I'd ever seen. Right. Like I think it did Pokemon well. And I think this is easily the, you know, is better than detective Pikachu in that sense that I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know anything about Sonic. So I'm not going to say like, this is an amazing Sonic movie, but I think that it was like, it had a great plot that I thought was cool. And like, I was totally in for and uh, it had some fun performances, and I just came out of it like, yeah, man, it was tight. One an hour forty, yeah. hundred minutes. I came out like that was a great, that was fun. I laughed at a lot of the jokes. Perfect, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, I, I do wonder if if this opens a door to more of that kind of stuff, or I don't know. I it just it it seems like anytime someone tries to do this, like Assassin's Creed, we're really digging into the lore of Assassin's Creed. We're making this cool action movie, and it turns out not good. You know what I mean? So, so I wonder if the avenue now for video game movies is fun, family-friendly stuff. Yeah, honestly, I think that's what it is. I think the strategy to make a good video game movie is just the mascot characters. Yeah. So, like, maybe we'll just start getting a Spyro movie next. Or, uh, I, I'm sure they, they could do Crash that well. Crash Bandicoot you know what I mean? movie. 
Although I feel like Crash Bandicoot has uh, like the potential to be as terrifying as that. Yeah, Sonic, you know? yeah, that does. I, I'm not totally sure what that would look like. You know what I mean? I guess they already have like animated Spyro things, but uh, what what uh, what other? I don't know, man. I feel like they could guys? do a fun Mario movie. Like I, I'm not saying he has to be in like the real world, right? Which is yeah. kind of how Sonic did it. But uh, but I think that they could easily make a, a fun family friendly Mario movie. Plus, I feel like there's different routes. Like people are more open to different avenues to see cinema because like i feel like spider-verse opened up the doors to animation to a lot of people that like wouldn't go see an animated movie you really right? you really think so yeah that it, like I think that it people like love spider-verse no i know so I i'm just saying more... i'm not certainly not the first successful animated movie you know but I, mean? I feel like that was like the first kind of mainstream one that like everyone's like for okay so for like comic book movies kind of and that's like well not even comic book movies because we got marvel movies like live action marvel i'm just saying like what what's another big animated movie that everyone was talking Any about? Any Pixar movie? No, but like a not. I'm trying to, like not a Pixar. I get, so here's CG the thing. I get what you're saying because before before Spider Verse, any comic book movie that was going to be big was a a live action Marvel mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh and uh, DC was out here doing all these like really awesome animated movies that people really like, but people weren't going to see. Right? You know what I mean? And yeah. so I feel like. I feel like Into the Spider-Verse is kind of like, oh, we can approach these big budget comic book movies in a different way. And I and I do kind of get where you're saying that I feel like Sonic maybe is a thing where people are like, oh, we can make these video game movies if we just think about them in you know, like we need to we don't need to try to recreate the game. We just not treat we need to try to say what sort of uh movie genre can we take this character and put them into, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they don't need to, like, just... I We don't need to just keep getting just these retold stories. You could just take the IP and tell a new story with it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and so so I guess I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the movie. Uh, I thought it was funny. There were a lot of jokes that I thought, were, like, actually made me laugh. Mm-hmm. There were some that I did not laugh at. I thought they were corny, but that's to be expected in this kind of kids movie, I'd say. Um, I think that Jim Carrey does a great job. I totally was not on board at first. Like, he looked weird and he was doing the super super over the top thing which i know is jim carrey's like shtick but in yeah. this movie particularly at first i was like dude i don't know this is kind of annoying uh That's but kind of dr eggman too yeah but no but <laughs> as it goes on i'm like oh dude he's doing like he's doing it in such a like where you feel like this guy is actually like super crazy yeah but you know how you go see a very serious movie and you're like oh shit this dude's like chopping heads off and stuff but he's just he's doing it in like a fun family friendly way we're like dude this guy's fucking nuts but also he's really funny and like <laughs> yeah. weird do, uh, they, do they call him eggman or robotnik uh he's dr robotnik okay yeah. uh but but they he sonic like calls him eggman at some point oh okay um yeah and i i thought ben schwartz as sonic was cool i i think he kind of balanced the whole thing of like i'm high energy annoying like you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i'm a i'm a little cartoon character who's gonna annoy these real people and yeah. and actually being like a compelling you know like protagonist uh i thought he 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 struck that balance well and i like ben schwartz you know from parks and rec and all that stuff so maybe i was like coming into it thinking that i was gonna enjoy his performance yeah um and yeah, and I, I honestly think that it hit it hit some of the like more heartwarming moments well. Like it, it is a story about uh, finding friends, and and you know what I mean. Like I I feel I feel like it, what Detective Pikachu lacked was kind of like a uh, a a compelling narrative. You know what I mean? I don't mm. know that game that game, that movie was cool because it was fun to see all those Pokemon on screen. Yeah, but. I think that Sonic it, it does the thing where it sets it sets up the story and I'm like I'm rooting for Sonic like oh I want him to succeed you know what I mean mm-hmm. 
where and it just didn't feel like let's get to the next moment when he says let's go fast or whatever yeah, you know what i mean fast. yeah like it didn't feel like that and there there were some characters uh i don't really want to spoil any like side characters but but there's like um one of the main character's sisters is like hilarious like stand out dude so funny like every oh, yeah. joke she says is like hit me really hard mm -hmm. can i ask a spoilery question uh yeah uh, are there any other like sonic characters in the show other than like robotnik and sonic uh like tails or knuckles full spoilers i'm gonna say i'm gonna tell you the answer okay uh so if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know take it as you take it as you are you know what i mean uh there's a post-credit scene mm -hmm. uh where i believe it's tails because she has two tails or whatever it's a dude but yeah. oh he has two tails <laughs> and he uses them as a helicopter yeah he, he like tails. comes in through a portal and he's like i gotta find Sonic, and that's the post-credit scene oh wait did he Wait, so are they coming in from Sonic World to Real World? Um, I more spoilers. I'm not gonna see this movie. You're not so gonna see care. it. You should. I think you'd I like mean, it. I'll see it when it's on Amazon or some shit. <sighs> Eric, you I'm, hate not gonna go, I'm not gonna go to a movie theater and pay money to see this movie. Really? You know? I love going to the theater. It's one of my favorite things there. But I'd rather see something I want to see. You know, like an actually want to <sighs> watch. You, know, you should go this see Birds of Prey like, too. You loser. I don't really want to see that though either. Oh, God, you suck. Anyways, uh, so I'll just run you through it then. Okay, full yeah. spoilers Give for me Sonic. Full spoilers. Uh, I don't care. So Sonic starts. He's little baby Sonic. Yeah. And he's running through Sonic World. It's like a. It's very clearly like an animated version of the game and oh, stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? It's really cool. You're seeing all the checkers. 3D. 3D. And it, you're seeing like big loop-de-loops and shit. It's really cool. And he's running through really fast. Uh, there's a big owl character that's like his mom that apparently is like they made up. Like it's never been a Sonic yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, Sonic, you can't be running around. Like people are going to want your power or whatever. And he's like, I'm fine. I'm super fast. No one saw me. Yeah. And then all these bad guys show up and they're like, we want Sonic. <laughs> and then she's like, you take these rings and they're the rings from Sonic. And yeah. she's like, they're portals to another world or whatever. And like, she, she's like, take them and, and, and hide. And if you get caught, you just go to another world. Um, so she throws them through a portal and, and then she presumably dies. Uh, <laughs> wow, <that was> <laughs> and, and, uh, and so, and then you get like a flash forward. Sonic is chilling on earth. He's in green Hills, California. I don't know. Washington, wherever green yeah. Hills, Washington. Uh, and, and he's running around and, and he's doing all this stuff by himself. It seems like he's having a lot of fun. And you see that he's been to like a lot of worlds where he got caught. And now he's on Earth and he's hiding. Mm. Um, and his his thing is that he he's like chilling in this cave. He's got all this cool stuff. He reads comics super fast, all that, whatever. Does everything uh, fast. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah. have any friends. Like he doesn't because he can't. Can't have fans, he, fr friends fast. <laughs> no, but like he can't obviously reveal himself to anyone. You know what I mean? Mm. And so he kind of runs around the town and like spies on people and like. Uh, pretends they're his friend and stuff you know what i mean so super depressing it is and that's what i'm saying and at first i'm like oh man i feel bad for sonic like yeah. he doesn't have any friends like he's, he's acting super goofy but you can tell that like he's depressed no he literally like literally he like talks to himself and like plays like ping pong with himself and yeah. stuff where he's like you know doing both sides of the table because he's so he's fast. fast yeah um and then it all culminates where he goes he goes and watches like a baseball game like a kid's baseball game mm -hmm. and he's like super into it because i think he's supposed to be like a teen or whatever right and he's like whoa and the game is over and it becomes to nighttime and he goes on the field and he plays baseball against himself like he throws the ball and he hits the ball and like he you know he's playing all the parts because he's fast um and then he kind of gets like super sad for a second because he's like he made this amazing play that no one saw yeah and so he runs really fast and does this whole thing where he's like running laps and stuff to like blow off steam and he runs so fast that he like makes a big explosion like a big energy explosion yeah. created so much energy uh and that's when like the government's like we gotta send in this crazy robotnik guy and and the you know the plot ensues mm, okay and and he you know reveals himself to the police officer man who's the other actor i don't remember his name uh mm. and they kind of go on this journey together the the c the guy who's always in these cgi mascot movies <laughs> uh yeah yeah 
anyways, yes. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the setup here. Uh, it's interesting. I think that they they bring in like you know the the rings are there and they're kind of serving a purpose in the story. I I don't get why they just didn't have them be the chaos emeralds. I feel like that would have made more sense than the rings. Eric, but I, I don't guess know what you're talking about. I don't know anything about Sonic. All right. Oh, okay. I mean, I know very little about Sonic. I've only played like three Sonic games. Uh, it did make me again. I it's one of those things where every time I see one of these things, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I want to play Sonic. I've never played Sonic, but I'm like, oh, I want to play Sonic. We Mania. should just play Sonic Adventure Two because that's the only good one. People really like Sonic Mania. They say that's the uh, best one. Well, I like Sonic Adventure Two. You own you Sonic can... Mania. It's on PS Plus, or you had it. So I saw it on your your thing. That oh. was one of the <laughs> David. No. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, I'd like to play that one. So, so I think I think that Sonic, in conclusion, uh, was a very solid movie. I like the whole heartwarming star of he's trying to find his place because he's kind of this outcast. He can't. He has this power that he doesn't want to endanger people with. Yeah. Uh, and and you know he it's a story of finding friendship. As all Sonic games are about. Yep. As all Sonic games are about finding friendship. Yep. Totally. And going fast and, and eating going chili fast. dogs and all that good stuff. Go fast, eat ass. That's what Sonic. <laughs> says. Yeah. Is that what he does? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, anyways, Eric, am I good to wrap up the show? Yes, you're good to wrap up the show. Everyone, thank you so much for uh, listening. This has been the Generic Gaming Podcast. MP3. Please tune in next week when a uh, famous streamer Ninja comes on to tell us what a weak mindset we have for just accepting defeat all the time. Anyways, we love you unless you suck, in which case we don't, and you should probably work on that. Have a good one. Bye.